Left. Right. Yo, what's up, Sip Talk Podcast viewers? This is episode 89. We are discussing between each other whether the world is getting better or worse. Uh, there are some clear objective rationales here, and there are some clearly subjective rationales. Uh, let me know what metrics you think the world is getting better or worse by. Let me know what we've missed, and uh, just let me know your general opinion in the comments, um, in a DM, an IM, an email, a PM, any of the M's. Let me know your feedback. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching and listening. See you on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. going to get into some deep, deep stuff in a minute. Well, we can start off light. <laughs> All right. Looks like we are live. Welcome to episode 89 of Sip Talk. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of New York City. I am joined by James the Bosnator Boswell in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, in between homes. Although, so you're, so the, we, we, we just... We just jumped on live, and I'm seeing. You, so you closed in the house Friday. Yep. You started moving this weekend, but nothing has changed in the background. So I'm, I'm just curious, what have you moved? It's a carefully orchestrated illusion. <laughs> I, I, mean, I I know what you did. You just took a picture of your room, and now you're using that as the Zoom background. It could be pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the strategy is that the, the, the essentials that I need to live are like my computer, my desk and my bed. So those are the things that are staying. Um, and then my dressers I've partially emptied out to some degree, but I don't have the ability to move those until I get a moving truck. Um, my closet is about half empty and then the living room and kitchen are in the process of getting emptied out. So, so the room is the last to go with the computer equipment and the sleeping paraphernalia. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like super eager. So I would have been packed up like two weeks before the close. I was the closing, uh, for this, the place in Jersey, I was basically packed up way before the closing even happened. They kept delaying the closing. They're like, fuck, I got to open these boxes that I packed two weeks ago and find a pair of socks. So. so I approached it the exact opposite way where I knew that, well, initially the closing was supposed to be two weeks from now, but, okay. but I was able to move it up because I'm good with paperwork and I was able to satisfy everything that the bank wanted and the seller wanted to be done with the house as quick as possible. Yeah. So Yeah. I feel like typically the buyer and the seller are the ones that are like super ready to go. It's just all the bureaucracy in the middle, um, you know, for legal reasons, of course. But there is a bit of bureaucracy, which just sucks, whether you are the buyer or the seller. But yeah, so I was able to like sail through the paperwork portion and like, all right, well, I know that the the seller wants to move quickly, so let's just do it. I, I don't see any reason to delay. But I'd always planned on paying rent for all of April. Yeah, so but that's so, that's very smart because it gives you it gives you this cool buffer. And so I, I basically said, I'm going to move in at my own pace. And now that I have the house, I've decided, you know what? Um, I, I hate being in this apartment. <laughs> well, you have so much more space and just probably more freedom, especially when it comes to noise and just shit like that. And you get a backyard. What's the weather down there in Charleston right now? It's like probably 70 degrees and overcast. And that's at nearly nine o'clock at night. We, we were in the 60s today. It basically, I think people are like in bathing suits in Washington Square Park. So, um, um, are you guys getting, are you getting snow in like a couple of days? Who the fuck knows, man? I mean, we've gotten snow in April before, so I've seen uh, snow in May. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm just going to keep, I don't, I don't check the weather. You know that like, it's just not a thing. I'm just going to live my life. If I got to be a little cold, it's not like I'm spending that much time outdoors anyways. So if I got to be cold for a couple minutes in, in my commute, like I'll just deal with it and, and I'll survive. 
you yeah. were homeless, would you check the weather? That's a good question. I don't, I mean, I would have other things to, uh, th- that's the thing about the homelessness thing. I don't want to get into it, but like, I just don't think I would be homeless for that long. You know, like I would be taking every action to get unhomeless. I don't think I would be sitting on the street, you know, trying to get like $7. I'd be doing other shit. And that's, that's, I mean, just some people have these certain standards. Um, all right. So look, I want to get into the topic today. Um, our topic is, is the world getting better or worse? Um, you know, I had something happen to me today. I was walking down, uh, walking down the street. This is deeply disturbing. I was walking down the street, two women passed me by and I heard one of them say, that's one fine ass white boy. And, uh, I don't know where they were going. I don't know where they was were. Was it the guy from. behind you? No, no, it was it was the ladies and and no, but and, was it the guy behind you that they were talking about? No, man, they were talking about me. And I'm telling you, I am not a piece of meat. I will not stand for that. All right, I am the victim here, the clear victim. And uh, you know, I just I can't really move on with uh, with my week until there's some justice. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if I need to find out where they work and make sure that they're terminated immediately. But, you know, in this world, you can't be saying things like that. I'm very disappointed. And, you know, that was a situation where I was just a clear victim. Everyone is just weeping for you. Um, Yo, let's throw this out to the uh, the viewership and see what, the, what have them weigh in. Is the world getting better or worse? All right. Yeah. So if you guys are watching live, uh, we got a handful of people on TikTok. Uh, I can't see Facebook. Instagram. I'm just curious. Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Is the world getting better or worse? Now, I did some research since we decided this topic a little while ago. And I think if you if you go by the metrics, well, let me just ask you, what, what's your thought on this? It depends on how you measure. Um, by a lot of measures, the world's getting better. I would say on the objective scale when you i mean when you're when you're quantifying any of this i would say it's definitely getting better and it may not be getting and again we're taking kind of the average of the population of earth so kind of overall i think it's getting better um now some people especially in the first world super developed countries it may not be getting better might be stagnating it might be getting worse but it's not getting that in my opinion it's not getting as worse as bad places are getting better. So if, if you slip by 2% or 4% to the negative. So what are some of the measures that you're, you're using well, here? So, so here's what I got. Um, well, I mean, we have global warming. We have wealth, life expectancy, safety, extreme weather. I and mean, what, what are your... I, I have two lists. I have an objective list and a subjective list. So on the object, objective quantities, the, the two big ones that people look at are going to be like average GDP per capita mm-hmm. and also average life expectancy. And by those measures, the trend has been positive for a long time, that the poorest of the poor are doing better and that people as a whole are living longer. So... The, the thing is, those statistics get a little skewed because when you have a country like Bangladesh, where mm-hmm. the, the life expectancy might be in the, the 50s and that the GDP per capita in Bangladesh might be $750 or whatever, that really weighs down the average because there's a lot of people in that country. And when you have a country like Luxembourg that might have a GDP per capita of like 90 or 100,000, that looks great, but if there's only 70,000 people in that country and there's 15 or 20 million in Bangladesh, then that really weighs down the average. And so if you can take a country like Bangladesh and get them to go from 750 to even just like 1,000 or whatever, that's going to have a much bigger like 30, impact. Yeah, 30% increase in, in GDP. So, and, and it's the same thing with life expectancy where the biggest impact to life expectancy is going to be infant mortality. Because if you have a whole bunch of babies dying at zero, that just kills your statistics. Well, yeah. I mean, I, so, so uh, 
let me run down this list because I think you know we're actually hitting a lot of the same stuff. Um, but global warming, I think objectively, that's a negative. Oh, what are you drinking? I I'm gonna prepare a drink oh. actually. Uh, I'm going by. I'm going with the uh, the bush ice. I've got. I'm working on setting up the bar in the new place, and I'm hoping that within one week from today, I might even do a podcast from the bar. I'm looking forward to that. It's a matter of getting set up. Obviously, it's going to be very. It's going to be very reflective. It's all mirrors. Yeah, I did. I did see that in the in the home pictures. You know what I realized? I got some mixers. I got some lime. Um, I even got ice cubes, but I did not bring a glass. So that's going to be a little tough. Uh, but I'm going to see what I can do to make a drink anyways. Uh, all right. So you get the bush ice. I'm doing my, uh, my diet uh, non-cocktail. We're trying to find a bush ice neon sign to put above the bar. Very classy. I wonder if you work, bush ice is part of Amheuser-Busch, right? And if you had to quali- like rank their beers, they also own Rolling Rock, right? Probably. Yeah, I think Amheuser Busch uh, runs Rolling Rock. So like, my my if thinking- you'd have to rank their beers, Bush Ice would be. If it wasn't the bottom, it would be right near the bottom. Yeah, I would. I would say above uh, Rolling Rock. and maybe I, I, No, no, no. Rolling Rock is better than Bush Ice. The reason why I buy Bush Ice is because it's eight fifty for a 12-pack and it's 6% beer. <laughs> yeah, but Rolling Rock is a lower alcohol uh, percentage, right? Yeah, I don't know. Some people like Rolling Rock. but I used to drink a lot of that in high school. Ugh. Um, um, but yeah, the, the, like I don't buy Bush Ice because it's good. I buy it because it's cheap and it has high alcohol content. And it gets gets the job done. It's the same price as like Bush Light or Milwaukee's Best Light or Natural Light or anything else, but it's like double the alcohol content. So why wouldn't you just do that? It's going to taste terrible either way. So might as well get like if you're drinking with a purpose. The purpose, yeah. Well, the purpose is a podcast. So as long as as long as you don't get hammered in under an hour, you'll, you'll be fine. That's one of my favorite phrases, by the way. Drinking with purpose? Yes. I mean, yeah, drinking without purpose is kind of lame. Um, all right. So, look, so I got global warming, and that's going down. Uh, that's a negative because obviously global warming is increasing. Uh, this is objective, by the way. And if you think one of these is subjective, uh, let me know. So then I got living conditions. I think overall, um, Living so living conditions, conditions is complicated. Why do you think that? Well, again, what are you measuring on? Because I think in a lot of ways you can make the argument that living conditions are better because even in countries in like sub-Saharan Africa that have really low GDPs and really low quality of living, um, a lot of people still have cell phones. In I fact, think I... cell phones are kind of like an anchor for the for those societies. Um, yeah, I think, uh, oh, shit. Um, I'm sorry. I just had something pop up my screen here. I'm trying to make it, make it disappear. Uh, all right. So what are the people well, saying, by the way? But uh, Okay. Let me run. I'll, I'll read through some comments. Sorry. I got, I hate, I hate when that happens, but you get a bit distracted when, uh, when stuff happens on the screen. That's why it's difficult to be live and, uh, uh, and interacting. I think a lot is going on to make necessary changes. We are in the middle of crazy shit. Oh, crazy shift. Next five years will be interesting. Um, what else do we have? Your finest hell. All right. Let's see my the gla- glare off the top of my head and the light here. Uh, and oh man, how, how I dare I be objectified. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh why do you so so but living conditions i think overall are getting better you uh, better more uh, in in general more access to water um you know clean more access clean water yeah more access to clean water better shelter um but i think overall living conditions are getting better we just continue to build so it's not like the housing supply is disappearing wouldn't, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I think 
again, it's you have to look at the the places that really skew the statistics. And I've got GDP per capita drawn up on my screen right now. Okay. And so you've got countries like Burundi and South Sudan where the GDP per capita is like under a thousand dollars. And um, so like Democratic Republic of the Congo. Let's see what their population is. Their population. Come on. 89 million. So you've got 89 million people in the DRC. Mm-hmm. And they're earning an average of $978 a person. Yeah, but an average is or is that against US dollars? Yes. Okay. How do I'm just I mean, I don't know. I can't I it's very difficult being privileged and being born in the United States and uh, you know uh, relatively being born into affluence i don't think either one of us is affluent but i just mean compared to 978 dollars a year a year exactly um it's just insane to like imagine making 970 dollars a year and and being able to get by and eat food and um, well a lot of them are subsistence farmers so these are people that don't really have jobs and like they farm just enough so that they can eat and then like maybe a tiny bit that they can sell to buy just the bare necessities that they can't grow themselves. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I think I one time went to, I, was, I don't, maybe you were there. It was a high school or maybe it, it may have been college where a speaker came in and basically saying that we're going to run out of oil and we're going to go back to farming civilizations because we won't be able to have access to transportation. So everybody needs to start building a farm now. On their That's own completely land. wrong. Well, no shit, but the guy seemed to be like really doubling down on this and everybody was kind of laughing at him. Now, he was making kind of a fair warning and an interesting point, but he just wasn't taking into account literally so many other things. Uh, well, so that's like battery power and we, solar power. If we do nothing to adapt, if we don't anticipate the fact that at some point in the future oil will run out, then sure. But that that's... Uh, to make a more extreme example, that's to say all of human life is doomed because in 5 billion years, the sun's fuel is going to run out and it's going to turn into a red giant and engulf the earth. And engulf the earth, yeah. So in 5 billion years, we're doomed. But there's things we can do between now and then to find other places to live. And that, so to say, well, nothing we do matters because in 5 billion years, the earth is just going to be a charred husk but you have to well, contextualize great. what five billion years is humans haven't been around for a fraction of that amount of time Ooh. and charitable we, estimate would be seventy thousand years and we when we've come up very i was trying to explain um evolution over the weekend and just like kind of it was it, the difficulty i was running into with people that weren't quite believers of evolution was just contextualizing the amount of time in which animals have evolved and earth has been around because, you know, it's not like, you know, evolution happens over the course of a hundred or 200 or 500 years. We're talking massive, massive amounts of time. So that contextualizing that aspect of it was, was tough. So if we've evolved over 70,000 years and we have 5 billion years left to go. Yeah, no, of course, like it's a giant meteor could hit the earth and wipe out everything in in a day which is that's more likely to happen than us to you know be on earth for another yeah well five billion years. and that's what i'm pulling for anyways but i know i remember your political platform all right but, i want but, <laughs> all right what, basically it's like the, the point that he's trying to make is like yeah if we do nothing we're going to go back to a farming society or whatever but like that, that that's that argument is the exact same as if we do nothing the earth is going to get consumed by the sun there's enough time between when oil runs out and now that we can do things to change. And I would argue that the amount of time between now and when oil runs out is equivalent to when the sun burns up because we have enough time to adapt and move from whatever standard we have right now to something that works better without it. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's equivalent, but I, I would say if, if you're basing that off of achievability, um, I would say equivalent, I guess. That's what I'm saying is that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's achievable. Yeah. I would say. Us moving away from oil in, let's say, 100 years is equally achievable 
from us leaving the planet in 5 billion years. Okay. Fair enough. Um, a negative I have is extremes in the wealth gap. Income inequality. Income inequality. But yeah, the, the, the inequality is becoming more extreme. Yep. Um, and then I have a, a positive on life expectancy over uh, the world. Is the U.S. The, I, the data I got was up to like 2015, I think. Is the U.S. still increasing in, in life expectancy? I don't I had heard, know. I had heard that it had recently dropped in the u.s and you blame things like obesity um um i do know that we're not the first to drop no that we're not the, the highest rank oh first in life expectancy yeah we're 72 right and i think somebody else is like 80 or 81 really? but um I, mean, I could be wrong on that mm, mm. my my stats are throwing out 46 we are 46th? Yeah, we're between Estonia and Panama. And what's the highest life expectancy? So, if you hadn't asked me what it, what the uh what the correct if you had if I hadn't had a chance to research, if you had asked me, I would have said Japan. Ooh, good guess. Not the Mediterranean lifestyle, lots of fish. No. Lots of My rice. first guess would have been Japan, and that's number 2. Mm. Are you are you making me guess number 1 because you Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, hmm, that's a tough one. I'm thinking Europe, but I want to say somewhere Mediterranean. Um, but then I also want to say like Sweden. Sweden is 13th. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to go with, uh, Italy. Italy is sixth. Okay. So what's number one? Hong Kong. No shit. Really? I wouldn't have guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed it either. A lot of pollution in Hong Kong, right? Yeah, it's a super dense city. It's basically like New York City on a small island in the Pacific, just just south of. I well, how uh, do we how do we know their data is accurate? Well, um, because that would be like if you were if you were going to release data based on the United United Nations Population Division estimates. I mean, all data is going to have some errors, but. My guess would have been Japan because for a long time they were kind of the number one, but apparently, apparently Hong Kong was. It goes Hong Kong, Japan, Macau, which is kind of like Hong Kong. Yeah. And then Switzerland, Singapore, Italy, Spain, Australia, the Channel Islands, which I don't even know where they are, Dude, and Iceland. I'm I'm not buying that Chinese data. Um. Well, Singapore is not Chinese. Singapore is actually a really interesting country. I'm not. I'm not familiar with it. But I would buy Singapore. I wouldn't actually think Singapore would be high, but um, but I would buy that over over Chinese or Russian data. Um, Singapore is second in the world in GDP per capita. No oh, shit. Interesting. Yeah, Luxembourg is number one. Interesting. A place I'm not too familiar with, but so- sounds like they're doing well. United States is seventh. Yeah. Well, we don't. We don't. Uh, lead most of the metrics. All right, let me let me the next one. Infant mortality it has drastically decreased, um, which helps the life expectancy numbers, especially in the countries that had really bad life expectancies. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that was infant mortality, and then along with that, I have uh, deaths at birth have decreased. That's uh, the same as infant mortality. No, no, no. Uh, motherhood, oh. motherhood. Oh, okay. <laughs> um see this is what happens i'm multitasking i'm pouring a drink and i was almost like yeah you're right and i'm like fuck no i'm missing my own point uh and then famine and poverty is decreasing so that's a positive uh general safety um so that has to do with homicide rates uh travel and transportation safety uh is up homicide rates are down um although it depends on where in the world you go that's there's been some some increases in that recently uh i think suicide rates are down for the i mean if you're if you're looking at a trend line over at least a few decades if you're looking at the last two years probably up shit's probably gotten worse um and i'm sure everyone can see how that that might be the case uh child labor has decreased um a lesser 
portion of income is being spent on food. Um, medicine is better. Teen births, at least in the U.S., are down. And I'm, I imagine that would probably be global. Smoking is down. I said homicide rates. The supply of nuclear weapons throughout the world is down. Um, education and literacy are up. That's my objective list. Anything else you think I'm missing objective-wise? Hmm. You, you got a lot of the big ones. Um, I would say ac- this is close to your education thing, but just access to information is up. Ooh, but, but that's on my subjective list. Yeah, but it's also objective. You can, you can objectively like, show that people have more access to information. No, they, I'm not saying they, everyone has more access to information. We're talking about just now third world countries, everybody having an iPhone or a smartphone. Um, what I'm throwing out there as a question, and we can, I guess we can use this as a segue into the subjective list, is at what point does more information not become, where does it lose its utility? And well, it's the paralysis of choice. Partially. Sure, but now now you take uh, Julian, uh, what is what's his last name? Assange. 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 Um, and you take WikiLeaks and you take all this access to information. Not a- access to information isn't always a positive thing. And just where my mind went when I threw this in the subjective column would be, and I don't know how I, it got here, but would you want to know what people are thinking all the time? Pretty sure they made a movie about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's not a good thing. So no. knowing everything isn't a good thing. You don't want the citizens. I mean, in my opinion, you wouldn't want the citizens of the world to know literally how everything works, right? Like it makes being, me think of a joke. Does it tell it? Uh, sure. It has to do with knowing everything. Um, a philosophy professor is retiring from the, the university that he was teaching at. And there's a, a big gathering in the, the philosophy department conference room. And they're all celebrating this professor's many achievements. And right before he's about to give his big thank you speech, um, an angel appears in the conference room. Just, just go with the joke, man. I'm, I'm and, there. I, I, and he says, I said nothing. For, for all of your dedication to <clears throat> truth and good in the world, I want to reward you with, with one of two choices. You can either have perfect knowledge of everything, or I will give you as much wealth as you desire for the rest of your life. And the ph- philosophy professor looks at the angel, thinks for a minute, and says, well, my entire career has been dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of truth without regard to money. So I'm going to choose to know everything. And the angel says, okay, snaps his fingers and disappears. The philosophy presser sits back in his seat, stares up at the ceiling. The entire room is silent. After about a minute or two, the new head of the department goes and says, well, now that you know everything, what do you have to say? He looks and says, I should have taken the money. <laughs> Is that the end of the joke? All right. Sorry, the <clears throat> delivery was a little stale there, but fair enough. That's where I saw that. That's where I saw that going to begin with. But that's my point is at a certain point, this, this vast amount of information not a positive thing. Yes, access to information, great thing, but is more information always better? And that's why I put that on the subjective list. We know all this shit that's going on in government, and now everybody's skeptical with elections. People are skeptical of vaccines. I could tell you five years ago, I might be able to find one out of 100 people that was skeptical of any vaccines. Now it's like legit everybody. So... Um, it's, well, I, I look at information as kind of like a knife where what a knife is neither bad or good. It can do very good things or it can do very bad things depending on how it's used. Like yeah, if you, yeah, if you well, have a knife I, in a kitchen and you're cooking stuff and you're sure. using it appropriately, then the, the knife is the best tool you have. But let's, but let's go to guns. Now, give everybody a knife. 
Is that a good thing? <laughs> or is it maybe good that one person has the knife to do the cooking and the other people just sit back and eat and without access to the knife? Hmm. It's an interesting analogy. Well, you are the philosophy major. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm ripping the analogy and just pulling it to a different plane here, but and I'm fine you, with that. That's what you, I, but you see, you see where I'm going. Yeah. Um, all right. So subjective, uh, I think when I ask, is the world getting better or worse? Everybody's mind is just like, fuck, it's getting worse. And that's because I think kind of. Especially in the last year. Well, no shit. Pandemic is going to bring everything down. But let's let's take a good look at whether things are getting better or worse. And let's spread our view over beyond the last 12 months. Let's average out at least the last two years. Right. And. And we're and we'll let's take some weight away from the pandemic because that's going to go away at some point. Um, but I think when it comes to reading headlines and things like that, Oh, I got a good quote for you. Let me, let me pull it up on the screen here. And I'm hoping that you ran into this in your whatever research, but it reads, uh, you can always fool yourself into seeing a decline. If you compare bleeding headlines of the present with rose tinted images of the past. And that's uh, this guy, Pinker. I don't have his first name in front of me, who gave a TED talk on is the world getting better or worse? Well, uh, that makes me think of um, a, a psychological study that I really enjoyed, which what they did is they people that were about to go on vacation, um, they, they gave them a survey where basically every day of the vacation, let's say you go on vacation for a week, Mm -hmm. And every day of the vacation, maybe twice a day, you just write on a one to 10 scale how happy you are. Okay. So, you know, you fly out and I'm, you're I'm playing very with curious. I'm like super curious. Sorry, go ahead. So, just, no, no, yeah. I'm, so you I'm, fly I'm, out, day, the day you're flying out and your plane was delayed by 30 minutes. So you write down a five because you know what? I wanted to be there sooner. And then you get to the hotel and your check-ins delayed because the room's not ready. So now you got to wait around the hotel lobby for an hour or so. What the fuck is, so you're right. what the fuck is wrong with me? I see where you're hanging out. I just want to interrupt. If you're traveling the right way, traveling should not be that stressful. I, I'm, I'm coming up with an imaginary no, story yeah, go, to but, illustrate. A but I just, I just want to add that like, and you're, you're making good points. I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Right. But So basically they have these people fill out these questionnaires every single day. And in the moment, how happy are you right now? And you, the scores are what they are. Mm. Then six months later, they give oh, I love this the same questionnaire of the day that you flew down to Cancun. How was that day? How was your first day in Cancun? How was your second day? How was your third day? Going on and on, right? Mm -hmm. So which set of questionnaires do you think were higher? Oh, the obvi one obviously the one, the, the most recent one. People looking backwards are saying, yeah, I had a great time. Versus people in the present saying, I was miserable in the present. Dude, I like, and there are times like whenever I, whenever I like stop and think about like how like, I have to stop and think about it. And I'm like, I like, I'm, I, you know, typically I, I am in kind of a rough mood, but whenever I stop and think about it, I'm like, I'm so fucking blessed. Like I'm in, I'm in a really good place. I'm very happy. Like literally I've done incredible things aspects of my life have been like movies i i do cool stuff i'm happy like with no exception i, I can never look at myself in a, in a miserable place even as miserable as whatever's going on around me is i just always feel like you know at, at, i'm over the average like things are just going well and i wanted to touch on the traveling thing because a lot of people get really fucking stressed out with traveling Anybody who's ever gone on a trip with me gets super frustrated because I'm, for the most part, just like totally chill. And they're like the day before, like, when's your flight? I'm like, bro, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel like it's in the morning, <laughs> so I'm not going to work. I feel, like my, I feel like my flight's in the morning, so I'm not going to work. Or if I know, like, if I remember that I booked like a super early flight, I'll be like, yeah, I got to adjust what I'm doing tonight so I can, I can be up at 430 in the morning to hit the airport. But I feel like, especially when you're traveling, there are certain things that you need to spend the extra couple of bucks on. And that is if you have an airport where parking, like in New York city, parking at like JFK is like 35 bucks a day. So if you're going away for a week, that can add up. It's and, the Uber. and you have to get to and from the airport, load your car park. Then you have to get transportation from the parking lot to the airport. You got to carry all your bags and shit. If you're going to spend the money on parking, do the Uber. 
or get somebody to drop you off. Don't pack heavy. And that way you don't have to lug your shit through the airport. Um, and just enjoy yourself. Have a couple of drinks at the airport. Have a couple of drinks beforehand. You're on vacation when you leave work. The, the day, you know, if, if, if you're leaving uh, on a Saturday afternoon, but you finish work at five on Friday, you're on vacation at five. So you need to just behave like you're. But people get so stressed the fuck out when they're in airports and stuff that I have no stress. I, when they, they start boarding for the plane, most of the time, I don't even stand up. I'm just like, eh, I'm going to hang out over near the, the bar area in the airport. Let the plane board. When there's like three people left in line, I'll walk over there. Like I know my seat's available. I, ha I have one carry-on. It's going to fit under my seat. I don't even have to stow it above the thing. Um, but I, I have a pretty chill travel, I guess, the way I travel. And that's the way to do it. My, my roommate would get stressed out when I would travel. because, like, Let's say my flight left at 10 o'clock the next morning. It's 11 o'clock at night. Like, dude, isn't your flight leave soon? I said, it leaves tomorrow morning. He's like, are you packed yet? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> dude, you're, you're stressing me out. I'm like, why? It's my flight. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, th the only thing is with that is you got to make sure like you have clean laundry because if you don't have clean laundry and you haven't packed, you are, you are a bit fucked. Um, yeah, I've completed that step. But it's, <laughs> yeah, the, some people get so stressed out about travel. Um, my dad's the same way. We were driving down from New York to charleston and you know when the gaslight comes on in a car you've got like 30 or 40 miles left before you're really in any trouble mm -hmm. my dad doesn't travel well and so we're like maybe outside a rock hill or something and the gaslight comes on he's like you're gonna you're gonna put gas in the car and i'm like no and like every every exit we would go by i would just blow by at 75 or 80 miles an hour he's like Gaslight's been on for like three exits now. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be on for like another five or so. Like, I don't like the price on this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, the gas. I, I, I just did it at at some point. It became entertaining to me, just to see how bothered he was getting by it. <laughs> yeah, that's it was like up, to man. try and train it out of him. That's fucked which up. Which is kind of a mistake for someone who's over seventy years old. But <laughs> your father's over seventy years old. He is now. All right. Wow. Um, yeah, my mom told me, he's like, yeah, your dad was complaining about the way you were driving. I was like, I was driving safe. He's like, no, it was more about like you like running the gas like super low. I was like, I was doing that just to mess with them. <laughs> That's you would you would not be happy if you uh, if you if you actually have you ever run out of gas? No. Um, have I run out of gas? Yes. Out of gas? I have. I remember one time you ran out of gas at my house. But like when I got to your house, right? You parked the car on my driveway at an angle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, people who don't understand the relevance of that, the into your gas, your gas tank has a, uh, a hole in the gas tank where the gas goes out and gets, hits the gas pump, the fuel pump and goes into your engine. If if the if the holes over here, the pumps over here, but you're tilted this way, the gas is on this side of your tank. James had a particularly not steep, steep, but on the steeper side driveway. And that could happen. That could happen. That's really, what do we do? Do we get a gas tank or we just back it out and you put it in neutral? Yeah. And let it roll out. And then it was able to start. And then like you were able to coast to Stewart's at the bottom of the hill. Very, very smart of me. Very smart of me. Oh, yeah. uh, Don't tell me that you've never run out of gas. Well, no, there's another time slightly illegal things were involved, but. I'll tell, I'll tell you a story. I don't. I don't really care. Scott, Statute of limitations is fast. Scott, Scott and I had uh, had gone out, and uh, I was driving his car. We had a few drinks, and the gas light was on, and it was on when we got in the car. Um, so I go, hey, you know, the gas light's on. He goes, no, I, I, I know the car. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I just knew it wasn't. I, I just had, to, but it was late at night. And I was like, hey, he's saying we're good. We're good. Um, we're on uh, the north way. Going south. Still the north way, though. And the car just sputters out. Now, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I turned him and go. And we, like, had pulled off to the shoulder. I go, I go, dude, we have to get the fuck away from this car. We weren't, you know 
blathered, but we, we had been drinking. So we just got the hell out of the car. We ran down the embankment and just sprinted as fast as we could, like a mile to, it was like a half mile to the, to the next exit. Um, Is this the, the car that I'm thinking of? Uh, the Boxster? No. Oh, no, it was a, it was a Boxster. Oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking it was um, a particular Jeep. Oh, no, no Jeeps. I don't know. if. Yeah, who knows? Uh, all right. I want to I want to get back to the topic here because I got a few more. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What do I have here? Uh, women's rights and minority rights. Better or worse? <laughs> I think I think uh, they're both getting more rights. And I think that's probably. Uh, for everybody who's saying a positive thing. Now, obviously, the people that are fighting for those rights may not feel that things are the way they should be, but I think they're going the way they should be, and they're better than they used to be. So that's a positive. Um, nutrition. So this is on my subjective list. You know why? No. Okay, because all the food that we have is uh, very nutrient dense, calorically dense, and obesity is on the rise. Obesity is, all, I mean, it's just like everybody's weight's already up there. So because we have such easy access to high nutrient dense foods, people are getting fat. So, you know, if you sprinkled a bunch of Twinkies in, uh, you know, places where there's a lot of starvation, things would be good. But the problem is, you know who eats Twinkies? Fat people. So... When was the last time you had a Twinkie? Years ago. I don't know if I've ever had a Twinkie. Like that They're would good. not. That would not be like a thing I would. If you know, if I, I, they, where do they sell them? Gas stations. Grocery stores too. I can't even envision the Twinkie package in my head. They're, they're so high in sugar. No, they're it's like a golden pastry that's stuffed with like super dense sugar. Like, but the Twinkie package is it blue? I don't think so. Yeah, I can't. I can't even picture Twinkie. In, I haven't. In my... I haven't bought Twinkies in the longest time, but it there, there's a whole bunch of food out there that's deceptively calorie dense too. Um, like what? Pasta, actually. Pasta's high in calories. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, bread but... too, actually. Bread's ridiculously high so, in calories for look, what it is. The, the thing about bread is I was at the grocery store recently and I, I looked through the entire bread rack and could not find a single loaf of bread that didn't have sugar in it. Now, sugar should not be an ingredient in bread. Well, certain uh, breads. Certain breads, but not your generic bread. Like you want to make a sandwich. I don't want sweet bread. I just want bread tasting bread. I, I agree. So I ended up going to the fresh baked section. And there was some packaged bread that had a label on it of ingredients. And it was just flour, salt, and water. So that was the bread that I went with, which turned out to be phenomenal bread, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why the fuck are people putting sugar in Sugar bread? is in so much stuff that you would never think it would be. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I typically look at labels. If it's something Did you know that, that um, McDonald's fries, the, the salt also has sugar in it? No way. The salt has sugar in it? Yeah, so like the when they've got the shaker of salt, mm -hmm. there's salt crystals in there. There's mm -hmm. also sugar crystals. No. Are you 100% on this? Or you look just like you heard it somewhere? Look it up. All right. I'll look it up later. We'll we'll report back on that. Um I'm going to talk to somebody who worked at McDonald's. They may not even know. Who knows. Um but you see how that's uh double-edged sword the nutrition being a positive and a negative. Obviously, we're getting more nutritious foods to people who are in need of nutritious foods, but we're also getting more uh, calorically dense foods to people who don't need them. Um, I would say empathy is on the decline. I, I disagree. Say, I think you, that the younger generation is way more empathetic than than like our generation or generations that came before us. And that's actually like one of your favorite topics about cancel culture and all this crap is a result of the younger generations being more empathetic. I don't, I, I think that's an entitlement thing. I don't think that's, I don't think they're feeling that for other people. I just think that nobody has 
any ability to deal with shit. So they just want to make it go away. Well, I, I, I would draw a line to empathy. And I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say giving everybody a trophy is an empathy thing. I think I want a trophy is the sentiment that gives everybody a trophy. So you got the seventh placer saying, I didn't get a trophy. I deserve one. Not somebody saying, well, you, look, they tried hard. Let's give them a trophy. Unless it's a parent, but then that parent is speaking for their kid, which is more of a selfish thing. And, uh, but I think empathy, I think, Understanding what other people are going through, um, understanding others' emotions. I think that's fucking gone, man. And I think it's evaporating. I disagree. I think that empathy is on the rise. Give me give me another reason. Uh, I mean, the, this is an argument that neither of us will be able to win because it's really hard to assign data to it. It's also in my subjective column. So, but, but I'm, you know, anything solid that you can think of? I'm going to just, I, I've already stated my main point. <laughs> that you think it's going up without any data. No, no. Well, you don't have any data either. So like, don't, don't go down that road, but <laughs> well, I'm saying that I'm, I'm, I'm how about, how about, the, I, I, how about the, the division in politics right now? I don't think that that has anything to do with empathy. People literally can't be friends with their neighbor because they voted for a different uh, politician. Versus before you'd be like, oh, I understand we have difference in, in views and they think this because. I don't think that has to do with empathy. But understanding how other people feel is, is an element of empathy. Yeah, but I think that the division in politics has a, a separate etiology. Yes, but I still think empathy plays a role. It might, but I, I think that empathy is higher now, at least in certain generations. I think in generations that are younger than us, empathy is higher. Uh, you know, I did see this thing on TikTok, and it was a young Indian girl basically saying that she, un you know, she understands that her mother treats her a certain way because her mother's parents treated her mother a certain way, and they treated her that way because their parents. And I'm like, wow, that's really uh intelligent for a young person but then i was just like look <laughs> like just let it be you know right. it is what it is but there but you uh, i will say there is it, I, i'll give you that because i see your perspective trying to be as empathetic as possible here yeah. I, see, I see your perspective on on younger people having more empathy and i, I and i would probably say but this is younger people mm -hmm. having more empathy when i'm 13 year olds on tiktok 15 year olds on TikTok aren't even voting. So um. thank God. <laughs> uh, all right. And then well, I have, I think political ahead. division is like a sub subjective one. And this is not limited to just the United States. There's, there's kind of a global trend right now of political divides widening and less, less, of, less prevalent gov governing coalitions being centrist. Yeah, yeah. I you can yeah. look at Brazil, look at Poland, Hungary, Britain, the United States. Although we've we've started to shift back in the other direction, where things are getting more centrist or a little bit left. But um, as of as of what three January? months ago, yeah, exactly. Um, but you can see that, that the United States is starting to correct a little bit. But there's tons of uh, China. Yeah. So I think that political extremism is, is a global phenomenon. And it's interesting. I, I kind of want to know what you think as to what the cause of it is. Information um, and misinformation. And I think the misinformation is a really, really big one because people have not had to fact check the information that, they, that they've gotten pretty much ever especially when you believe it's coming from a trusted source. Really the having problem, to fact check the information you're getting is really only like a 10 or 15 year old issue. Well, I mean, think about it. It's, it's the dawn of the internet, mm -hmm. the information age. And we're, we had this onslaught of information and it may be coming from someone who to you is credible, but the source of that information may not be credible. Um, and that I think is, is what is causes political division um 
and well, just I've, a huge amount of strife. On I've, I've made the case before, and I'll make it again, that I think that Facebook is the single worst thing to happen to this world in the last 20 years. Mm. I am really very close to agreeing with you. Um, but, you know, for a Name lot of reasons. something worse. I don't know. Uh, coronavirus. Uh, but I mean, I, I like some, you know, the connectivity of Facebook and being able to stay in touch with relatives and just people that you, you literally never would. I log on every day. I see whose birthday it is. I reach out to people. It's nice to see people getting engaged. Those are cool things, but there's so many downsides of just people trying to flex and look impressive or seeing other people's lives that look awesome and feeling like shit or just people posting shit like, I'm hungry or I had a bad day and just like so much stupid shit online. And then you have the whole sharing of fake news and stuff like that. It's a lot of, a lot of downsides, but I do think there's some good upsides. Um, let's move on off the empathy, empathy thing. I think entitlement is up and I think that's a bad thing, but some people may disagree with me. Entitlement is a result of our species prolonged success. species yes and culturally also um but i don't think uh, can you think of any way how increased entitlement is a good thing or is that your oh, argument that it's a good thing in i'm the not sense arguing that, it's a good thing i'm arguing I, I'm, I'm just stating what my what, what cause i assigned to it yeah so i had a theory when i was younger because i wasn't raised with a lot of money that being raised with a lot of money and having everything handed to you would be a decent thing because then when it wasn't, you wouldn't accept a life of less. So you would be forced on your own agenda to work harder to make those things happen. That's, that's a pretty optimistic view. <laughs> the argument against it is that you would not learn the skills that you needed to because you didn't have any adversity in life. And that's probably a stronger argument. But I said when I was younger, I had, but that's obviously not knowing both sides of it. That's me going, man, like I wish I could buy some expensive shit. I'm driving a car that's 14 years old, um, which I, I love that Volvo station wagon, by the way. Um, but I knew it wasn't that cool. So it was cool in my eyes. It was you know turbo. Today it would actually be super cool. <laughs> it, it, if it wasn't a rust bucket, um, it would be kind of cool. It would definitely be unique. I don't, you rarely see station wagons on the road. Let alone a square that the Volvo was. <laughs> um, my mom used to love Volvos. And then she found out they got bought by Ford. And then they started changing their body style to, you know, match the contemporary cars in the market. Um, which was probably a smart move for their brand, especially when you consider companies like Saab no longer exist. Um, Saabs were cool. Early 90s Saabs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke with Blake uh, the other day. I'll fill you in on that uh, another time. But Blake, Blake is a guy we went to high school with. His father had a Saab, and he had a Saab. And my mother had a Volvo, and I had a Volvo. And they're both cars from the Norwegian region, Norwegian, Sweden. So, but I, is Volvo Swedish? I think yep. it's, I don't think it's Swedish. I think it's something else. I'm willing to bet it's Swedish. Look it up. Um, but we used to race the cars, and we used to do some stupid shit. And Volvo is Swedish, is it? No, I th I always thought it was Swedish, and then I second guess myself. Um, but we used to race the cars through the mountain roads like idiot assholes. Probably not something you should do, but it was fun at the time, and we survived. Thank God. Uh, all right, let me hit the rest of this list. Um, do you think acceptance is up or down? Up. Yeah, I would say it's it's up, but because the reason, the only reason that why why anybody would say that acceptance <laughs> is down is because acceptance has been so far up that our standard by which we assess acceptance has risen so high that now when we see something that's not accepting, we like. Think about it 50 years ago. Screw it. 30 years ago. 
Like, okay, I was alive 30 years ago. I was not alive 50 well, years ago, but go ahead. Think about what it's like to be gay today versus <clears throat> what it would have been like to have been gay 30 years ago. Yeah, <clears throat> I give you that. I, I actually had I actually had a phone call with a longtime friend, and uh, he said so he was driving, and he said, "Oh my God, this drives me nuts." There's two women kissing in the street. Why do they have to do that? I was like, "Bro, you know, straight people kiss when they're on the street. What, what the fuck is wrong with that?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess you're right. You're just probably more used to it because you're in New York City." And I'm like, "Sure, but like." Yeah, and I I saw where he was going with that, and it's you're just not used to because you don't see it all the time. But and I don't necessarily think that he was unaccepting of it. He just didn't like the PDA aspect of it. Yeah, and then he covered straight people do it too. And then he covered his ass. He's like, yeah, I you know I don't really particularly like it when straight people do it either. And then he went on to be like, fucking holding hands. Like who the fuck holds hands? (laughs) (laughs) And and that was was overcompensating. And that was you know gender sexuality irrelevant, but. Um, but I would say that acceptance is way up and any perception that acceptance is down is really just a measure of how much acceptance is actually up. And I and I agree. And my reaction to him when he was like, oh, I just saw two girls kissing. I was like, bro, straight people kiss. Like, what, 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 huh? Uh, but like it, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So uh, like, think about it. If you had asked people 30 years ago, should gay people get married? Like, and we're like, what? Why in the world will we let them do that? Well, so that's an in- interesting topic that took me. I was uh, right off the bat. I was like, of course, why the fuck would you let them get married? And then living in the South, uh, what was really kind of crammed on my throat when you when you have the kind of. I would say the South is a bit more racist and a bit more anti-gay. And their argument was marriage as the traditional marriage is kind of a church thing and the churches don't accept gay people at that point in time so why would you it would be kind of like a girl joining the boy scouts like what like i guess maybe they probably should but so the fallacy there is equivocation well look i'm just telling you like my my you know how i was explained it at the time and i was like oh they make a, a good point They make a good point. You, you want to join this club. You want this traditional marriage in a church that doesn't accept you. You know, what, you, what exactly is it that you're arguing for? Um, so here's the equivocation is you're using the term marriage for both a church marriage and a government recognized marriage. Exactly. And saying these two are equivalent when they're not You're using the same word for two different things and then trying to equate the two things because you're using the same word and you can't do that. You're, you're exactly correct. And I, I mean, I, I mean, I thought that was wild. Anyways, there was a lot of shit that blew my mind when I moved to the South, obviously you're still there. Um, but there was a lot of things that just were argued against and not really accepted. And, and, moving down there gave me a whole different uh, object. I, I just got to see things, how other people saw it. And, and I thought that, especially in terms of empathy, helped me understand a lot of the opposition. And I think winning any argument, you, ne- you, know, you need to be able to see the other person's perspective on it, mm-hmm. um, which I tried my best to do. Obviously, you know, I, I was arguing with my friend this afternoon, so... Um, all right. Religion. I would say religion is on the decline. Some people would say that's good. Some people would say that's bad, which is why it's on my subjective list. Um, and then I would also say if religion's on the decline, what's compensating for that science? Nothing. Is science on the, on the increase? You don't have to have any compensation there. Well, but what, but where is the faith being placed? Why are people fall? Why are people falling out with religion? This isn't a zero sum game. Okay, you win. <laughs> um, that's the you, you, that's the trump card in that argument. Um, I would say opportunity is is up, um, and for some reason that was on my objective list. I feel like there's a lot more opportunity for pretty much anybody out there. You know, it's it when I think of like suicide. And people are just like, ah, you know, I give up. I can't do this. It makes me think like, 
like, but dude, you know how much can change in one year? Like, you know how much can change in three months? Like if you really put your mind to it and some people don't see it that way and they, and they, they just want to escape. And yeah, if you feel that way, you probably need some help and, and you should not commit suicide, call a suicide helpline. But, but that's when I hear, you know, about people committing suicide, I'm just like, dude, but like, you you were in this construct that was kind of self-created because there's so much opportunity out there no matter what's going on like so many things can change so fastly there's so much opportunity out there um what were you gonna say you pretty much hit it that if you're contemplating suicide like the argument about opportunity isn't going to succeed because they've already reached a point where they don't feel like opportunity is realistic and so you have to approach and i'm not a suicide counselor so don't listen to anything i'm having to say but you to convince somebody not to commit suicide requires a different approach than just a purely logical these are the things you have going for you and it can get better there someone who's suicidal is already aware of that and still made their decision against it so and this is where i lose the 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 thread but there, there, there are other ways to try and convince somebody not to commit suicide. And for anybody out there, don't do it. It's, it's tough when you're, when you're depressed to, to actually come to, you know, come to terms with the fact that things can be so much better. When the cool thing about being in a bad place is that literally things can get so much better. When you take somebody who's in like a, who's in an affluent position and they're miserable and you're like, you know, it's, it's difficult to explain that things can get that much better. But I don't know. Call a suicide hotline if you're thinking about suicide. It's a bad idea. Um, leisure. So the time. suicide, not the suicide hotline. <laughs> um, uh, leisure time. Thank you for the clarification. So leisure time, for the most part, has been on the increase. People are working less. That's a good thing. In the U.S., that's stagnated a little bit. But kind of in the general world scope, uh, people are working fewer hours. Unless you're in Europe and you're competing well, in the U.S. I would say in the U.S., it's it's. I like touching on this all the time. I'd say that it's the K-shape where you've got certain sectors that are doing better when it comes to work-life balance and some sectors that are doing way worse. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, all right, let me hit a couple more because we got we to gotta get moving here. i got to wrap up. Um, all right, this one drives me nuts. <laughs> but uh, average height is increasing. And I guess That's if you're a like... a general measure of health. If you're 18 or over, you're kind of fucked by that stat. But I mean, it is a general measure of health and nutrition. And people are definitely taller now than they were 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And enter any house that was built, you know, in the 50s, 60s or before, uh, smaller doorways, things like Yo, that. Did you ever go to like a colonial village in high school or middle school? Oh, we went in, like to- Massachusetts or whatever. Maybe. Because one thing, I, I went to like a few of them on various field trips or whatever. And I was always a small kid until I got to like junior year of high school. And I just remember being struck by how small the doors and everything were. Like the yeah. average height back then, like, was probably like five foot three or five foot four for dudes. That's wild. Yeah, that is, that is true. It's strange. just like everything was smaller. It's uh, malnutrition. Malnutrition, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see what else I, I want to hit these points that I got. Um, internet access again, that goes with the information thing. Internet access, obviously, up for people, not always a good thing. Um, let's see, information so social services available on the increase. Some people, especially on the very right wing people, don't like social services. Uh, all right, let's see. Oh, and then I just had a note <laughs> to myself about how my days are generally better uh, when I start the day with music, little EQX, rather than starting the days with the news, little NPR, which I, I, I love listening to the news. But when I walk out the door, I'm in a better mood when I'm listening to music than when I'm listening to the news. And I think the news leads you to believe that things are bad and negative things get more sensationalized and positive things they're, they're, they're much easier to grab onto and there's a much more of a story on a negative thing it's hard to to pitch a new story where there's a positive outcome yeah um 
that's true. But, yeah. but starting your day with music, that's that's such an easy thing to do. It seems obvious when you think about it. Do, but I don't because I want to know what's going on. And I love I love listening to the news and I love being in the know and I love being able to approach a conversation that other people are having and and you know or be involved in another conversation and hold my own. But it definitely puts me in a negative headspace heading out the door, just listening to all the shit that's going on in the world. It's uh, it's not good. And I'm telling you, when I start with when I start with music, typically the music station will give me like the real high high line headlines that anything like I need to know about will be there. Um, but it's mostly music and feel good music and, and stuff like that. You should start every day off with the Betty Hill theme song. I, I don't I don't have any idea who that is. Off the air, listen to it and you'll immediately know. All right. Um, speaking off the air, let's uh, let's wrap up. Anything else you wanted to add? Um, I want to know what the people are thinking. Uh, let me see. I did want to give a shout out on TikTok here. Um, oh man, there's a lot after this. Uh, Shahira, she's very happy with her topic. She's got a couple of comments in there. Thank you, Shahira. Uh, let's see. We got a handful. Uh, I'm missing the, these uh, Instagram guys. Um, but if you're listening to us live, please make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you can get the video version. Um, and obviously the audio podcast. So I'm going to wrap up. James, uh, James, do me a favor. Stay on the air for a minute uh, okay. while, I, while I pull us off air. For everybody who's listening live, adios. Right, that concludes this episode of Sip Talk. Thank you so much for those of you guys who have continued to watch. For us to grow, we really, truly need you guys to spread the word, share the podcast, continue to like each podcast, comment. Um, obviously, the more subscriptions we have, the bigger the podcast grows. And that is an unfortunate metric that we have to abide by for this podcast to grow. So please help us share it. Please help us grow. And uh, I will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much, as always. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.